This is episode 142. We welcome you to the ADHD Smarter Parenting Podcast. Here to heal and elevate lives is your parenting coach, Siope Kinikini. Hello, everyone. How are you? This is Siope. I'm your host here at the ADHD Smarter Parenting Podcast. I welcome you today. Thank you for joining me. Today, we're going to be talking about something that has connection with the last podcast where we talked about connecting with your child, the importance of connecting. We want to talk about what you can do instead of yelling when you want your child to do something or when you want their attention. Now, there are three specific areas of focus I want to cover during this podcast. Number one, when you yell, you're actually putting your child into what one of the parents that I coach calls a dinosaur brain. And that's a more primitive brain that is focused on fight or flight. So when you start yelling, your child has a choice. They're either going to fight it or they're going to run away from it. And usually children will fight it. So we're going to talk a little bit about the brain for a young child or for a child when you start yelling. The second thing is we're going to talk about setting limits on yourself in the way that you engage with your child when you want your child to do something. And the third thing that we are going to be talking about is that you want to connect before you make a request. You want to find ways to make connection. So if you haven't listened to the podcast from last week, I highly suggest you go back, take a listen to it, because in that podcast, we talk about the importance of making connections. It's through connection that we are able to help transform children and their decision making. So. Really, we're going to cover quite a bit. Now, I'm also going to share with you an example of a family that I'm coaching with where yelling tends to be the norm in their home. So the person that I want to introduce you to is Aiden is the name of her son, and her name is Susan. So Susan has Aiden, who is roughly, you know, beginning school. He's maybe five, six years old. And in the mornings, when they try and do things, he just really struggles following her instructions. Well, she becomes frustrated because she has a schedule she needs to keep. And because of this, she starts to yell, hoping to inspire him. And I'm using that word a little loosely, inspire him to do what it is that she wants him to do. Now, what's happening with Susan and with Aiden is not uncommon with a lot of parents and a lot of families. They wake up in the morning, parents are on a schedule that they need to follow, and children dilly-dally. They take their time, they don't realize how important it is. And even though parents are trying to drill into their children, hey, we have a schedule, we have to be there at this time, I have to be at work, you need to be at the sitter, or you need to be at this program, or you need to be at school, children just don't get it. They just don't get it. So that's where a lot of the yelling In fact, during the last couple of months, I found that a lot of parents are struggling with this dilemma, and it's the morning routine. How do I get my kid out of the door? How do I stop from yelling? Because I don't want to start my day yelling at my child. I want to have a better day. Well, let's talk about fight or flight. So the very first topic, when I was talking to Susan about Aiden, it was important for me to demonstrate to her or help her understand that For a child with an underdeveloped brain, because as we know, a brain of an individual does not fully form until much later, they are dealing with more primitive ways of interacting with the world. 
So fight or flight, for example. When a child is being yelled at and there is an angry face and loud noises, they will either fight it or they'll run away from it. And really, those are the only two options that children feel they have at that time. You can sit and work with them on trying to help them understand, you know, the dynamics of, well, that wasn't really yelling. But to a child, when you raise your voice and it sounds angry to them, that's how they perceive it. And what's more important is understanding that what the child perceives is going to be their reality. So anytime you are raising your voice to your child, you are activating this part of their brain that is either in a fight or flight mode. And that is not a place you want to be because as we know, that doesn't lead us to helping them make better decisions. If we are consistently working in fight or flight, it causes anxiety, it causes nervousness, it causes us to really feel intense emotions, and those things are not helpful. So it's important to understand fight or flight. That is what's happening when you yell at your child. So once you understand that, you need to think about, okay, I don't want my child to exist in this area of fight or flight. And let's be honest, yelling may have short-term returns. But long-term, it consistently remains a problem, which is something that Susan admitted to. She started yelling and noticed that Aiden was able to hurry up for a little bit. But after a while, it didn't work anymore. Yelling didn't work. It didn't get him moving or doing what it is that she wanted him to do. So she was looking for an alternative way. And this brings us to my second point, which is setting limits. And this is limits for you and for your child. So what you want to do is work with your child. We always have visual aids like chore charts or things that they can earn like pom-pom balls or whatever it may be as visual reminders. And what that does is it helps a child recognize that there are things that they can earn if they're able to comply. And it helps them look outward and understand that, hey, there's a, there are certain limits here. Parents can also set limits by saying, okay, I'm going to count backwards from three to one, okay? And from three to one, the expectation is that I'm giving you some time to do what it is that I need you to do by restating what instruction you want your child to be able to do. So you want to be able to set some limits for your child. These are the limits. I'm going to count from three to one. And in that time period, I want you to stand up. Now, it can be as simple as standing up in the room. It can be as simple as brushing your teeth in a certain amount of time. I mean, these are all setting limits. You want to set some limits so they can understand that there is a time frame around it. Now, that does require some patience on your part. And this is where setting limits for yourself as a parent is very important. You want to be able to set some limits on when you feel out of control, stepping away from that, because we don't want to activate the fight or flight in your young child. We want them to operate on a different level. So set some limits for yourself saying, okay, I realize that this is going to cause me alarm. 
I'm going to step away, take a breath, calm down, come back, and try and engage with my child. Now, as I was working with Susan and Aiden on this issue, Susan told me, look, I don't have time to step back and relax and calm down. I need to get out the door. And so we started setting limits the night before. Before the morning routine, you start setting some of the limits and expectations for the next day. You start fortifying everything that you possibly can the night before. This may include putting your child's clothes out, laying them on the bed, being sure that they have like their favorite socks that they can put on. This is, you know, getting everything possibly ready the night before with the help of the child. So we want the child to be engaged in this process and more positive. So when the morning comes, there's less scrambling happening and more focused attention on very specific tasks. Now, this brings me to the third point, which is connection. We want to be able to make connection with our child. Now, the skill that I want you to focus on is following instructions. So in following instructions, you're going to first get your child's attention, give an instruction, they will say okay, then they will go do it immediately and then come back and report. So those are the steps. Now, if you are fortifying everything the night before, you can practice the skill of following instructions a lot. You can have them, okay, I want you to go pull out your favorite pair of pants you want to wear tomorrow. Have your child say, okay, they go do it. They come back, okay, I put my favorite pants on my bed. Then you say, thank you, okay? Then, then Susan would say, Aiden, I want you to go pull out your favorite socks and put them on the bed that you will wear tomorrow. Then Aiden will say, okay. Then he goes, he pulls out his socks, puts it on the bed, and then he comes back and says, mom, okay, I put my socks on the bed. She says, great, that's wonderful, okay. So she starts doing this whole process of following instructions the night before. She's planning for the next day. And in doing so, she's also practicing the skill of following instructions. So the next day, when she needs to give instructions, all she needs to do is remind him that they are following instructions. So she will say in the morning, Caden, last night we practiced following instructions. Today, we're going to see how well you do. I'm going to ask you to do something. You're going to say, okay, then you're going to immediately do it. Now, for Susan, this was a tough thing because she also had things that she needed to do, but she wanted her son to be independent enough to do it on his own. And I had to really work with her on understanding limits. There are limits to what a child can do on their own, and especially a child with ADHD, that we cannot impose on a child expecting them to live to our expectation or standard. We have to accept that maybe their limits or what they're able to do may be less than what we think they can do. So it's better to start from the basics and make baby steps towards moving forward than it is for us to just assume they can do everything we're asking. Now, if you notice with the instructions, I stated with Susan, keep them as simple as possible. You want to have multiple opportunities to engage while using this skill. You want to use this skill consistently. So it just becomes a natural part of your conversation with him. 
and you want to avoid yelling because you don't want to have that switch turned on in Aiden's brain where it's either fight or flight. So we worked on this. In fact, it worked. The very first week, she was able to focus on following instructions. And she reported back and said, hey, everything worked out great. That was wonderful. Thank you. And then we moved on to something else. Now, here's where parents tend to think that, hey, we fixed this. Let's move on. When, in fact, what you have to do with children is you have to go back and redo these things consistently over time. So just because Aiden was able to do it for one week and they spent a lot of time focusing on it, the second week she wanted to focus on something else. Aiden didn't have that completely cemented in his mind on how to do this. And so Susan just continued on with a different skill to help him and then he was unable to maintain. Now, if you want to maintain positive behaviors and if you're using skills and they work, you want to think of it like you are fine-tuning a car. You need to bring it back in the shop every once in a while to change the oil and double-check things. You want to be able to come back and revisit these things consistently. And I would say, even for something as simple as this may sound, You want to be doing this at least a month consistently. So that means doing the whole routine in the evening, preparing for the next day, giving instructions the next morning. You want to be able to do this for the next month for it to really set in to your child's mind that this is how I need to behave. Sounds like a lot of work, but I promise you that when you invest up front, you get a huge payoff in return. The yelling decreases, your frustration decreases, and once it becomes second nature to your child, you can move on to other things that are more challenging for your child. Now, following instructions seems like a simple skill. But again, in the second part of what I wanted to focus on in setting limits, you need to understand the limits of your child and your own limits when you are working with your child to make this a reality. So we've covered quite a bit in this episode. Again, I highly recommend if you have not listened to last week's podcast, jump back and take a listen to it. Because in that podcast, we talked about connection versus correction. Do you want your child to just always do and do you always want to correct your child or do you want to create connection? And with this skill, we are providing you with multiple opportunities to connect. When you're using a skill from the teaching family model, which we use, it's an opportunity to connect. It's fascinating and it's wonderful. Susan and Aiden focused on this skill for a longer period of time and success. Success follows. So we're working at the level of where the kids are. We're teaching them how to engage and interact in more positive ways. We are avoiding all the yelling by remaining calm, understanding, and setting our limits. We're not pushing buttons where they are either fight or flight, and we're looking to make connections with them. Call them by their name, give them a short instruction, have them do it, come back, report, and then have you give them praise. These are the things that we focus on. 
again, the whole goal is for them to follow the instruction and to be able to do that any time throughout the day because they recognize it and they know that this is a task my parents know I can do. It's a simple enough task. I'll come back and report and let them know I'm done. And then they'll be pleased with me and my parents will praise me. And you will be able to see some changes happening with your own children. It's fascinating. My shout out to Susan and Aiden out there. Good luck. I'm wishing you the best because I know that this is the skill that you needed in order to stop yelling at your child in the morning when you needed to get to where you needed to go. It takes a lot of work up front, but the payoff is completely worth it in the end. So... Shout out again to Susan and Aiden. Thank you so much for letting me share a little bit of your story during this podcast. Thank you for listening this week. And until next week, I will talk to you then.